Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels It is your boy Johnny Mags, joined as always with Dan Garcia, and we are listening to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Uh, I know that we had said on our social media that it was going to be on Friday, but we fell into some baseball Angels tickets, right? So today, today, yeah, it was, and it was kind of funny too because okay, Friday we're going to do it, and the reason why you don't do it Thursday is because. Your son plays baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, bad luck, I don't know. But the, it started raining, and next thing you know, um, hey, I can do the podcast. So, you know, luckily, you know, Johnny was able to make it. Otherwise, it would have been just me by myself. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, good luck, bad luck, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we have a full show ahead of us. We're going to do our week in review and our usual, you know, little segments for the show. But before we get started, I want to take some time to shout out our sponsor. And, you know, since we started the show – I get a lot, uh, asked a lot of sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with, and I don't always know what's going on and who's going to win, but what I do know is where to go, and that's uh, my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So, you know, they're hooking up our listeners all month, so visit mybookie.ag and use promo code ANGELS. When creating your account to claim your 50% bonus, laying down $100, well, now you have an extra 50 to play. That's mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code ANGELS. You play, you win, and you get paid. So check out mybookie, a sponsor to show. And again, we are part of the Armchair Media Network uh, of podcasts, um, so... Go check out Armchair, www.armchairallamericans.com. All right, so let's get into it, man. Week in review. Uh, not a bad week, I, I think. Three and three weeks, so I guess the average 500. week. 500. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it as it goes when we, when we finish up. I got some views on the week that maybe some other fans that you and I personally know aren't too happy with. <laughs> but let's start off with Friday. And uh, Friday we were recording our last week's podcast at Inland Empire. We were, you know, again, thank you to the 66ers for it. Hooking us up with the, um, what is it, press box? Press, press box, press credentials, yeah, free food, can. whatever. Yeah, thank you guys. So, we, you know, it was a great show. But, you know, Friday we were there. We were watching the Sixers. We weren't watching this game, but you and I were kind of, we had it in our ear. I was kind of watching it on my phone in the dugout as, as, as I could. 
And uh, it was a game where uh, Trevor Cahill started. He went six innings, gave up four hits, two in runs, five Ks. The Orioles jumped ahead early on the, in the first inning from a home run by Mancini. The Angels answer back to tie it in the second. And in the third, Trout pans that lead with a two-run home run. Matter Trout skies one out toward left center field. This one's hit well to the wall. And it will be... Looks like it's gone. Gone. <laughs> Perfect timing. Big fly for Mike Trout. The Angels lead it three to one. Towering shot and a heck of an effort on the part of the Orioles center fielder, Stevie Wilkerson. It was good to see Mike Trout get a home run. It's been a while since he hit one. Yeah. You know, so it was good to get him. It barely snuck out, but a yeah, home, it, home run either way. Yeah, it was one of those super high ones. So you weren't sure exactly how far it was going to travel, but. Um, yeah, it got out just just enough, and you can kind of hear it in the guys' voice. They weren't too sure whether or not uh, the outfielder made a play on it, but yeah, like you said, a home run's a home run, so it, it all worked out. Yeah, and in the fifth, Trout doubles and Simmons singles, both scoring runs, and the Angels never looked back. They had eight runs on 12 hits, so there was an offensive explosion in the middle of a one-and-a-half-hour rain delay between in between the middle of the game. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the theme for the weekend in Baltimore was just really bad rainy weather but uh Simmons chips in with a four hit game which was really good for him again we kind of talked about it in weeks past where we feel um when he kind of takes that approach where he stops looking for the long ball and just kind of takes what pitchers give him um he's just as good hitter as anyone out there and and then the home runs will come from it but uh, it seemed like at the beginning of the year he was really pressing to try to get those uh home runs uh count up yeah, he was really. I mean, I mean, he still does from time to time in that battle. He'll go like Adrian Beltre and just swing for the fences, and he's down on one knee and he's coming really down on the ball, and it's over exaggerated, and that kind of frustrates me. But if he can do that less often, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I I'll take three singles over one home run all day because he gets on base, you know, stuff like that. And then depending on where in the lineup he's at, if guys ahead of him, all it takes is a single. You don't need a home run in in every situation. So. Uh, yeah, good game for Trout and uh, Simba in this one. So moving on to Saturday's game um, in Baltimore again. This is a game where um, Matt Harvey took the hill. Four innings pitch, five hits, two runs, two walks, six strikeouts. The Angels got ahead early. They got ahead quick on a first inning two-run home run by Albert. He later homered again in the game, giving him a two-home run game. And he'll pull this one out to deep left field. That is a no-doubter. Big fly for Albert Pujols. Two nothing Angels. Re-energized with the day off. And he's out to the left field again. Has he done it? And he has done it again. Big fly for Albert Pujols. Second of the ball game. And there we go. That's the audio, you know, courtesy of Fox Sports. But you know, the, the it wasn't, you know, the two the early home run in the first inning. You, Good for Albert, but then the Orioles, you know, they took, well, they tied it right back up. They answered in that bottom half of that inning with a two-run home run of themselves. Then you heard it there, Albert in the fourth hit another home run to put the Angels ahead pretty much for good. They would tack on four more runs throughout the game to take a 7-2 to win. Albert had three hits in this game, seven hits on 10, or seven runs on 10 hits. Another game where the Angels just exploded offensively. Yeah, and then to uh, Otani with his first multi-hit game of the year, it seems like he's starting to get his timing back a little bit now because of the fact that he didn't really have any um, like rehab games. No he, spring training. No either. spring training, so it seems like it took him a little bit. 
but uh, it seems like he's getting his timing. He's hitting the ball hard, and now you know it's just a matter of time until uh, some of those balls actually find you know gaps or, or down the line and, and eventually over the wall. But um, it's good to see him kind of putting a couple of hits back to back together in games. So um, again, whatever he produces is only going to help out the Angels in the long run. Yeah. So with those two victories, the Angels took the series there. So they looked for the sweep on Sunday, Mother's Day. Again, this was a game they got from the very beginning, got rated at about two two hours, 40 yeah. minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, two hours and 42 minutes was the official uh, weather delay for the Mother's Day game in, out in Baltimore. Yeah, so we were kind of like just waiting, waiting, waiting. So Canning took the hill on this one, only went four and two-thirds, five hits, four and runs, four walks is what I really didn't like, six Ks. Um, Canning was touched up a bit. You know, the O's homered four times. As the Halos offense just, you know, they couldn't, they only mustered up one run, and that was on a Mike Trout home run again. So, I mean, this is just one of those games where, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, you, location, I guess, on these pitches for Canning what it, is what it was. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of said, it's a two-hour, 42-minute rain delay. It's Mother's Day. It's a getaway day. You've been on the road for a while. Um, you know, Canning's a rookie. You know, has he pitched in weather like this before? I don't know, being from UCLA and, you know, obviously maybe in in Salt Lake at some point because it can get kind of rainy there. But in Southern California where he's at UCLA or at Inland Empire, that's really rare. But, um, you know, what, I guess the good part about it, he was able to get over the 100-pitch plateau for the first time in his career. So, um, obviously, length doesn't seem to be an issue pitch-wise with him. He's, he's good to get in, you know, those high pitch counts, which uh, Angels needed. But you just hope it, it – it, it, goes for more than just you know four and two-thirds inning um <clears throat> angels were 0 and four with runners in scoring position which seems to be kind of a an issue this season and, yeah. and and six guys left on base so whenever that happens and you don't you don't cash in on some of those opportunities you'll lose these games that were you know five to one where it could have very easily been somewhat close at the end and make maybe make a certain kind of push but yeah um would have been really nice to sweep a team like baltimore yeah, but they got the series win. So, like you said, getaway day that day. On Monday, they played in Minnesota against a very, very good Minnesota team. Tyler Skaggs took the hill for the Angels. Five innings pitch, five hits, four earned runs, three walks on five strikeouts. The Twins took a quick 2 nothing lead on a first inning two-run home run. But then the Angels answered right back in the third. Uh, RBI single by Trout. And then Shohei Otani hits his first uh, home run of the season. That is skied out toward left center field, hit well. Boxed it, moving back to the track. That is gone. Whoa. Oh, wow, is that a crush. Big fly, otani shot is first of the year, and the Angels have taken the lead. And as Victor said there, that gave the Angels a 3-2 lead. The Angels add a run in the fifth, but the Twins, you know, um, uh, they tied it back up with another two-run home run. But in the bottom of the sixth, Tommy Boom Boom La Stella hits a goal. This one's out to left field. Hit pretty well. Going back is Rosario. That's a wall. That's off the top of the wall. And gone. A big fly for Tommy La Stella going oppo. And the Angels are back on top. Oh, Tommy boy. So that gave him the lead there in the sixth. And they held it. The bullpen did a great job of holding a very good offensive uh, twins team. That They hold it 4-3. to three, The taker with the save. 
talking about this while it was happening. This was a very good win for the Angels. A very, very probably one of the most important wins of the season, I think. I mean, so far, yeah, yeah. You, you like to see him get on the road and play a, a like you said, a, a strong team in Minnesota that is very offensive, is very good offensively. You know, there's still some things um, in this matchup again. Skaggs going only, only going five innings, 101 pitches. Again, it's cool when these pitchers can go these hundred or so pitches, but you just kind of hope they're over it's six, six or six or seventh least. inning. Yeah, yeah so. Um, you know, five innings pitch, four earned runs, off two off of two home runs, and that's kind of a deal that's been hurting the Angels' uh, starting pitchers in general. You know, um, Cahill's had really hard hard trouble with that. I mean, he's given up more home runs this year already than yeah. he did all of last year. Um, Skaggs again, like I said, giving up two home runs. Um, you said it with Canning giving up multi home runs. So um, it's good to see the offense throughout this i mean we're not done with the, the week yet but the offense producing so it makes you feel confident that when you stick around with a team like minnesota and maybe um given a couple you know some time in the pitch and maybe figure something out you get some bodies back pitching wise like andrew heaney uh, jc ramirez or someone um you can make a serious run so it was really good to see him kind of stick around uh, and win this game but just kind of stick around through the whole series yeah so that came, the Angels took the opener, 5-4, heading into Tuesday, looking to take, you know, the series with the win. This was a game where they used the opener, Cam Bedrosian, then the follower, Pena, who went five innings, five hits, three earned runs, a walk and three strikeouts. You know, the opener didn't work as it should, as they would like it to be. You know, you would ideally not want the opener to give up a run. The whole point is to get the opener in there so that the starter doesn't give up any runs but you know it is what it is it yeah i mean this is the first time an opener is giving yeah. up a run all year so yeah. if you if the opener gives up a run once every i think this is the sixth game yeah. it's done so i mean if you give one run every six games i i, I mean that's not you can't can't hate it i guess is, is a good way of no, yeah it. i mean it could be worse it could you know I, I i if it happens over and over then they stop <laughs> you know yeah no I, and the angels at the beginning of the year if you remember had such a hard time getting out of that first inning yeah. You know they were giving up two, three runs, and so now if you can give up only one run every six games, I mean that's that's not that's not a bad thing right. at all. In the third, Pena gives up a two-run home run, giving the Twins a three-nothing lead. They had another one in the fourth. The Angels did all their scoring in the sixth. Fletcher doubles home Renhifo. Then Otani single home homes a run, but that's as close as they would get. The five to four was or four to three was a final. Yeah, and then there was a really close play at the play at, towards the end of the game. I think it was the eighth inning where Otani was sent home. Um, going from second second to home, uh, a play in the outfield, and, and was, who's the center fielder? Buxton. Buxton. Made a really great throw, especially because the ball got in and get on him and kind of handcuffed him a little bit. Made a really good throw. Um, I, there, I guess it depends on who you were talking to and where you were looking, but it was one of those plays that wasn't reviewed, even though maybe you just throw it out there and let's right. just, just review it because the worst thing that can happen is – um, it doesn't get overturned, but and it's in the eighth inning already. Right. So yeah. it's not like you're saying it for later. So that was kind of shocking, but, um, you know, are you, are you aggressive in that, in that, in that situation, knowing that, um, there's two outs, you know, you're like you said, they did all their scoring in one inning. So, you know, it's not exactly kind of flowing. Um, do you take that risk sending your, probably your second fastest yeah, run home I, on I that? Think, I think you do. Unless uh, the only way you don't is if Mike Trout's up to bat next because you're already in scoring position for Mike Trout. Anybody other than Mike Trout or the guy actually running, which is Otani, I think you, you go for it. You send him because you've been struggling the whole game pretty much, only scoring in the six. So, yeah, and it's late in the game. Take the chance and score, you know? Yeah, my whole thing was, too, is is, is that you're you, – because me and my brother got in a discussion about this, and where he was talking about, no, you have to re- respect the outfielder and, and not run. I'm like, well, you're kind of mm-hmm. are respecting him in a way because you know, 
you're not killing this team. It's not like, oh, it's okay. If we don't get it here, we know we can get in the ninth because we're just seeing the ball really well. Like yeah. you, you're, you're not. So you kind of have to take knowing that, okay, you're in the, like you said, late in the eighth mm-hmm. inning, there's not like three more innings left. You have right. to take all the chances you can right now to get that tying run to, you know, home. Um, and again, Otani's your second fastest runner. Yeah. That had to be a perfect throw and a perfect catch and a perfect swipe. And and all and credit to them, it was all three. Yeah. One of those is off, then you know, it looks great. Great being aggressive. But I don't hate it. Uh you wish as an Angel fan that the 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 result was different, but I like that kind of aggressive base running that happened at the end of that game. No, I, I was totally fine with it. So the Angels took the loss there. They hope to take the series with the win on Wednesday. Cahill went four and a third, giving up six hits on six earned runs, two walks, one K. You know, Cahill's just kind of been struggling. I could, I just hope that he kind of stays, he starts picking it up a little bit going into the second half of the season. But the game was pretty much all twins at one point. They had a 6-1 lead. Bright spots for the Angels was uh, Luke Croy and La Stella had home runs. Angels made a decent comeback, but they came up short. Big news in this game to me was Jer- Jared Walsh making his uh, major league debut and going three for five. Yeah, yeah, one of those things that we kind of overlooked uh, between the um, what was it, the Tuesday and Wednesday game, uh, Justin Bohr sent down a triple A, and, and Jared Walsh got brought up, which uh, some fans were happy that Bohr got sent <laughs> down, but some fans were kind of questioning why Walsh and not Dice. And um, I think he cleared it up right there. Yeah, I, and and we have an interview with Maria Tor- Torres later of the LA Times, and and we kind of touched on it a little bit there. But um, yeah, I mean. You don't like being down nine or down four in the ninth inning. That's not exactly yeah, your. Yeah, it's not ideal way to win. Yeah, and you kind of touch on what you said with Cahill. Even in this little week of, uh, review that we have, you have two different Cahills. You have Cahill and Baltimore that went you know six, six innings, yeah. two earned runs, and only gave up gave up one home run. And then you flash forward to yesterday, and then you have bad Cahill. You know, four and a third, six home runs. Um, you know, so you know Cahill can do it. It's just kind of one of those things that. When he goes out there, you're not sure which one you're gonna get. There's a little bit of both in him, and, and um, Angels really need that consistent Cahill to come out on the come out on the mound and, and produce every outing. And, and you know, we're not looking for um, shutdown complete games, but like he did in Baltimore, a six inning two run game is perfect for someone like a Cahill. It's a perfect um, outing for him. Um, again, 14 left on base, not exactly what you want to do. Um, they did have an opportunity, base load in the ninth to get that tying run in, yeah. um, you know, and Ot- and Otani up the base, and, and it was it was pretty funny though because the bases were loaded and the trout was in, um, everyone was getting psyched about that down two, um, and then he gets hit, so now you're down yeah. one, and then Otani comes up, he uh, he rolls one over to uh, second base, and you know easy play to first, but uh, again offensively everything's clicking, everything's moving. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, the, the pitcher, the starting pitcher of the Twins that day, was on a I want to say like a 14 or 15 game or not game inning uh, run runless streak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Angels got to him, got to him pretty good. So the offense is there. The offense is coming. You just kind of hope that the pitching can can catch up behind it. And, you know, with with Canning doing really well, besides his one struggle, you see Skaggs have show. It's, it's, Skaggs, Haney, and Cahill have all shown at one point or another flashes of what they can be and you just kind of hope they are that little more often than the, the yeah, bad side of them. put it together a little more often would be nice but that wraps up the week for the angels from podcast 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 and we said like three and three it's 500 you'd like ideally you'd be over but you know the angels are inching closer and closer to that 500 mark i think if they can hover around there they'll be okay um like you said the offense is starting to kind of come around 
Um, you touched on, on a little bit of the news, you know, the Angels called up Renjifo as well. Um, yeah, that was just because Cole um, having a baby. Yeah. And, um, so, and it was only two games. Uh, news came out today that Cole is going to be back in Anaheim tomorrow for the start of the homestand. So, again, that wasn't necessarily something that was like, oh, my God, what's no. going on? He's got sent. No, you know, his uh, wife was pregnant, had a baby. So Taylor Cole been, as well got called up. Yep, Taylor Cole because Luis Garcia got uh-huh. put on the IL. Um uh, Andrew a- Andrew Andrew Haney had a uh, I don't know if you want to call it a rehab start, but had an, an extended spring training start. Everything looked good. They said he's looking for um, another rehab start coming up. I'm just throwing it out there. The 66ers are home starting Tuesday, oh. um, so technically, I think Tuesday Wednesday would be um, five six days since his last start. So I'm just saying. Look out on our media, uh, social media, because if he is going to be out there, yeah, you I'm can sure we'll you there. can bet one of us will be out there next week. But um, definitely keep a lookout for that. So that's something that's uh, really interesting to, to look into for or look forward to in the next week. All right, so that's it for the news. We do, like you said, uh, we talked to or you did to Maria. Uh, can never say her her last name. I always get her. Torres. Torres. Yeah. I get her for whatever reason. I get her her last name confused with another girl that I know whose name is Maria, and I know like eight Marias guys, like really. And it's like, which Maria am I talking about? So, really, yeah. But um, yeah. So, but before we get into our commercial breaks and stuff like that, again, we want to shout out another one of our sponsors, which is SeatGeek, and I'd like to say, say uh, take a second to introduce what they got going for us. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concerts, and shows, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best deal best deal out there. A green dot makes great deals. Yellow dot means okay deals, and red dot means not so good deals. Use the promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers on the stadium, in the stadium, on them. What are you waiting for, guys? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And, and uh, truthfully, go, talking about SeatGeek, um, Angel uh, Rally Monkey Wookie, we had to get tickets for it. I went to SeatGeek, typed in the promo code, got 20 bucks off. It, it Tickets came in yesterday. So, um, again, use it. It's and a little behind the scenes. If you have already used SeatGeek, it won't let you use the promo code. But if you wink, wink, and use and uh, get another email, email, another email account, then you can use it for that. That's what I did. So just saying, a little uh, way to get around it. But definitely give uh, SeatGeek some love and check out again promo code ACAA. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it.
This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We are now being joined by Maria Torres, LA, LA Times writer, um, and she covers Angels. Thank you for uh, taking some time out and talking with the All Angels podcast. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is your first year covering the Angels, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and I'm... I'm I'm guessing that was one big, um, you know, end of spring training and the trout signing comes. That's one way to start your first season with a team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was actually kind of, I was glad that it happened uh, at the end of spring training and not in the middle of a season. Cause it really would have uh, messed with my head a little bit more than it did <laughs> during spring training when I did. Do, do you remember where you were or like maybe even your reaction when it came across that, you know, he got extended? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It was like seven o'clock in the morning, and I was not supposed to be up for another like two hours, I think, because <laughs> um, the Angels had like an afternoon spring training game. Um, so I was trying to take it slow, and I picked up my phone and saw passing tweet, and it was just like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. For you, that's kind of like, okay, got to get to work kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. It was just like immediately had to start reacting. And thankfully, uh, here at the LA Times, we have a pretty nice uh, support network here. So. Um, I got my colleagues' help here, and we got it. We just got it going. We got it rolling. How? I mean, for as a fan, that seemed to be really, really under the radar because we weren't even really whispers. You know, we're probably the most we've heard about it. But was that a surprise to you, or did you have a feeling something like that was coming? Um, it was. It was purposefully kept under the radar. Yeah. Okay. I had so a feeling. Yeah. That was. That was definitely like a their intention. Mm-hmm. However, I was not surprised that it happened. I had guessed all, all like winter that this would happen at some point during spring training just because it just, I mean, it just, there were so many indicators to me, uh, Trout's, just Trout's own like personality, Trout's uh, reaction to the team, his investment in the team, all of those things just kind of pointed in that direction. So it didn't catch me off guard. So just the way that it happened obviously did. Was Have you ever had a, um... Have you ever met Trout maybe before this season covering the Angels in this spring training? Um, I only met him right at the end of last season because I took over from Jeff Miller uh, in like middle of September. Okay. So right at the end, but there's no way like you that you know we had meaningful conversation at all. The last two weeks, people are players, especially are just kind of especially when they're out of the race, like things are just kind of hectic and all over the place, and there's like forty people or forty people in the clubhouse. It's kind of hard to really get to know anyone. Right. You know, Trout was. Like I said, as a fan, that was their number one priority as a fan, kind of, you know, tying them down. Is there any talk about maybe what their next big target to keep in-house is? Um, I would imagine there's not really been, like, explicit talk, but the Angels are obviously focused on making sure this 2019 team is as competitive as it can be. And right now, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to see because, you know, they're three games under 500 at the moment, and... Uh, the Astros are still the Astros, yeah. but I think there's a lot of things, a lot of pieces in place that can really help them kind of like pull ahead. And uh, you know, as far as like what the target is, I think it's just like maximizing with what they have right now. Um, I just I don't see them really going after any free agents at the moment, namely you know Keiko. Um, yeah. So I think they're really going to focus on who they have, and they're going to try to see um, what Cahill can accomplish by uh, you know improving on his last couple of starts and if Harvey can kind of put things together put things back together because his stuff is still really good um and there's you know there's still 
several prospects in the minor leagues that could potentially uh, have an impact on the team. Uh, Jose Suarez, for instance. Yes. I mean, he's rather young, but you know, could still uh, could still be someone they call up down the line. At least it's definitely on their radar because everyone in AAA and most most of them in AA are on the major league depth chart too. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit with the Keiko. Were the Angels ever? And this is a kind of again going back to a little bit of spring training. Were they ever really in it as far as? Um, Signing Keiko, or was it one of those things where they kicked the tires and they just kind of moved on right away? I would say the Angels just will never discuss that kind of stuff on the record. Right. So um, it's, it's kind of hard to judge exactly where they were. However, I can kind of guess based on you know their previous attempts during the off season, you know, trying to go after guys like Jay Happ um, and Patrick Corbin. Uh, I think those are the people that they were definitely targeting, and when they fell short of that, they just kind of switched gears, um, hence the Cahill and Harvey signings. I don't think they ever really had uh, in mind Keiko. However, I mean, maybe maybe it could, maybe that can, maybe that's changed, but uh, I, I just, that's kind of my impression. Right. Yeah, and, you know, starting pitching is kind of what the Angels are in need of right now with everything going on, and, and a pitcher coming back hopefully soon is Andrew Haney. I know he had an extended spring training start last week. Um, has there been any, anything new coming out as far as when his next start will be and if it will be at a minor league level somewhere, either here in California or maybe even like in Salt Lake? Yeah, so he pitched just yesterday. Uh, he threw 58 pitches and four innings in an extended spring again. Uh, Osmus, manager Osmus, he said last week that uh, he would probably only need three total rehab starts, which – uh, it seems a little short to me just because uh, he only got up to 58 pitches this last outing, and usually pitchers should be around 80 pitches when they're, um, you know, when they're, when they're ready to start the season. So maybe maybe he can get to that 80-pitch mark in his next outing, which will be, you know, five days from Wednesday, so that should be Thursday. Because uh, I know the Inland Empire, the local single-A team in California, is in town next week and starting Tuesday, but so they haven't said that that's where it's going to be? Um, they, haven't, they haven't said yet. Okay. Darn, because we get there all the time, so it'd be nice to see him if uh, if he popped yeah. up over there. Um, I'm sure we'll find out here soon. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Another, you know, injury, another, you know, key piece in the Angels hoping to get back soon is um, Upton. Any any new news? I don't. Last I heard, that, I don't believe he's he's running on his own on his own weight yet. Nope, he's not. That's the latest. Uh, he's sitting in the cages and he's throwing on the ground, but he's not uh, running of his own volition just yet. He's on this like. Zero uh, gravity treadmill. Yeah. See, so I, um, I think the Angels were like optimistic that they could get him back in early June, um, but I think the timeline that they gave was somewhere between eight and twelve weeks, and it might be more towards the end of that. That and, and kind of thinking and putting all the pieces together, that'd be pretty crazy for the Angels to get back. You know, like a Middleton, a JC, and Upton all kind of around that month, month and a half period mm-hmm. from coming back from injuries is going to be like adding teams from the trade deadline without actually having to do that. too that we we notice again with fans and stuff like that how you might have a a rough start to a season and you're pretty active on twitter what are some of the things that people say that just kind of make you shake your head like you know it's the you know 25th game of the season and you're already saying you know this oh man um there's a lot yeah (laughs) so (laughs) let me think of 
one I just saw yesterday. Oh gosh, what was it? Um, yeah, I bet. Yeah, why you do that? Yeah, well, I'm sure. Why, why you do that? I'm sure that you, you know. There's tons of you know whether it's you, whether it's you know Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register. You know your your kind of group of uh, writers. I'm sure um, if one of you is tagged in it, I'm sure um, all of you are tagged in, it and you all kind of probably have a good chuckle about you know what people are saying of, of uh, stuff like that. Oh yeah, like uh, Matt Sykes, for instance, is a hot topic. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which Matt Knight, you know, was obviously, uh, he's starting to turn a quarter, but he's still, you know, there's still a level of, a level he still needs to get to before he can really um, have a chance to play in the major league. So I don't know if that would happen this year. It could happen down the line for sure. Uh, but Matt Knight right now is not on the brink of being called up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, gosh, who else? Yeah, just because like kind of like what you said. Yeah, they might have one or two guys in the minors that could possibly. But I mean, if you look at their prospect list, a lot of their top prospects are you know in single, double A, and maybe still a couple years away from making a, a, a impact on MLB roster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they're still a little young, and it's. I mean, look, you could look at it two ways, right? You've got Cahill and Harvey. They're veteran pitchers who, if they put things together and the Angels are out of contention can definitely be flipped at the trade deadline. Um, and if not, um, if the Angels are in contention, you've got Cable and Har- Cahill and Harvey, two experienced pitchers who have played or have gotten close to playing in the postseason, So, especially Harvey. Um, so uh, there's a lot of upside. Um, it's a, lo- a lower ceiling, but there's still upside to both of them. Yeah, and kind of what you're talking about with Dice, you know, obviously with Board being sent down to AAA, they brought up Jared Walsh up to play um, first base. But then I look up at his, um, I guess, how the Angels roster online on the their official website. They have him down as an outfielder. So is there any plans to have him play outfield, stay at second base, or even pitch? Because I know he was doing a little bit of that, too, in the minors. Is that Dice? No, uh, Walsh, when they brought him up. Situations right. like you know blowout games, um, they're really just gonna. He's gonna be utilized more like Borg with DD a lot, kind of backup first base for Pujols. Um, so and, you know he did that pretty well yesterday, yeah. going you know three three hits and, uh, and and some key spots too. So um, I don't think he's gonna really be uh, given any <laughs> like leverage situations here right. but, um, on the mound. Uh, but, yeah, you'll definitely – at some point, I think Angels fans will definitely see him. Pitch. What about – because, like, like I said, the, the official Angels website has him listed as an outfielder. Is there any chance of him getting – I mean, it seems kind of crowded out there already as it is with Fletcher and Goodwin having the season he has. Is there any chance of him getting out there and and um, getting he, some at-bats? Yeah, at? he's, he's, just, he's just emergency backup. We asked bosses about it yesterday, whether or not he was the fourth or fifth outfielder compared to him. Depot, mm-hmm. and he said no Walsh is the fifth he had not had enough experience out there to really um hold you know hold the fort okay so I wouldn't see him I mean I'm sure it's like again in an emergency situation Walsh would be out there but he's more for the views at first base okay yeah I was I was kind of taken back by that when I saw him how he was listed but um 
It's something that MLB has been, been doing this year is having games down in Mexico. And you um, were down with the team when they went to go play the Astros, you know, a few weekends back. Um, how was the atmosphere and how was it not only like in the ballpark, but maybe like, you know, in the city surrounding surrounding the ballpark? Uh, it was, I mean, it was really cool. People there are super passionate and, um, you know, obviously like baseball takes a backseat to, to soccer there. Um, but in in game, like they, everyone was engaged. They stayed, you know, they stayed engaged through through the end, like to the final pitch. Um, you know, they were they were dancing, they were having fun. Um, they they kind of they, they kind of knew what was going on in the game. You could tell they were knowledgeable fans. Um, and there was just a whole party kind of around it. Like even after the game, like two hours after the game, um, I was there even as late as like two and a half hours after the game, the last one. And they were um, like fans were still like hanging out, partying, listening to music. And, uh, it, you know, clearly, like, they, they embrace having uh, MLB teams play in, in their, you know, in their area. Um, and it, just, it seems like baseball definitely can, you know, um, increase its footprint in Mexico, just given that. And given the success of, like, so many of their um, Mexican league teams, you know, they have two leagues running right you know, down there. They have a winter, a winter league, that's where the most MLB players play, and then they have the um, – the season that runs at the same time as an MLB at the MLB season, so um, there's definitely still like room for MLB to grow there. And one of the questions that me and my my, my co-host had was. When the Angels were and the Astros were in Mexico City, it counted as two home games for the Angels. Was there ever any talk, or was there ever a given reason why it wouldn't be split like a one-one, one home and uh, one away kind of um, series? Yeah, I don't think that was ever um, in discussion. This was part of like the CBA when okay. they agreed to it, um, and the Angels agreed to give up two of their home games, and and you know MLB paid the team that agrees to get a home game, though. Okay, yeah. See, that's something we didn't yeah. know. We weren't sure, you know, the benefits. Yeah, of the, yeah okay. That 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 makes that makes perfect sense. Then, all right. Um, you know, um, every week on the, on our podcast, we always have a a poll question we have on Twitter, and so this week, um, our poll question is is the biggest surprise this year for Angel fans. You know, we had and obviously the two options right now are, are um, Goodwin and Lestella. Where do you um, side on this? Maybe down the middle. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, you might have to. You might be the tiebreaker on this. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of good one. Maybe you could peel it back kind of this way. Like, Goodwin was the fourth, was the first round pick of the Nationals back in the day, I guess, two thousand eleven or so. Um, so he probably should have always been. You know, if he wasn't going to be a flop, like he was supposed to be someone who could play the way that he's playing. Um, so I think maybe in that case he's living up to his potential. However, you know he never really got to that stage in the, at the major league level. Like injuries always kind of uh, ruined seasons for him. And last year he had several. Um, I got to cover him like for about a month and a half at the end of last season in Kansas City. And when he first got there, like he definitely got off to a hot start, but then he got hurt again. Uh, so and I, honestly, I can't remember what the injury was. It might have been hamstring. Um, and earlier in the year it had been wrist injury. So anyway, like point being, injuries have always like just kind of ruined a season for him and he came into the, he went to spring training with the Royals thinking he had the job uh with them and so he started to kind of tinker with the, with his with his swing um and his mechanics and it didn't really result for him but he thought he was confident enough in what he was that he wouldn't what he had there that he thought he was in good chance and they ended up kind of tied with him um but he like it was just like an experiment for him he never had planned on continuing the experiment if it wasn't going to result in anything uh so 
took that experience over to experiment over to the Angels, and it's been pretty successful here. And 40 games, I mean, leading the team in batting average, I think he's third or fourth in OPS. Um, he's obviously playing uh, very well in the outfield, and. Uh, and kind of worked himself into an everyday role, even though at the beginning the Angels weren't really sure what they had with him, and he's just exceeded all of their expectations. Um, so when Justin Upton comes back, comes back, there's going to be there's still going to be some uh, uh, some contention, I would guess, among especially the fan base who wants yeah. to see Cole Calhoun, uh, you know, released. But that Cole Calhoun, uh, I, I don't see that happening no. anytime soon. Just um, wait till you put her on that. Like really, there's positives in Cole Calhoun's profile too. Yeah, yeah. Just wait for your Twitter mentions uh, when that when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I know that's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> now, kind of like um, it, and, Go ahead. And love that. Uh, so now going forward, um, you know. Our listeners know that we like to ask, you know, not the people that we have on, um, kind of more about themselves. So, um, looking doing some research on you, I, I see that you grew up and went to the University of Georgia. And it just happened to be that the Jared Walsh, the one you know, the player that got called up, he also went to Georgia. So when you see a, a player like that, or a player that you know went to the school, do you, and he does well, like you said earlier, in his first uh, major league game, do you kind of give a little extra fist bump underneath the table when you see something like that from a uh, from someone that went to the same school as you? Oh uh, well, in that case, not really. I mean, I, I didn't even I wasn't at Georgia even at the same time as Jared Walsh. I think he was actually he might have been like two years behind me. Uh, so. I mean, yes, it's definitely cool to see guys from Georgia uh, do well and succeed in the major leagues, but mostly I was excited that he was in the clubhouse because he can team up on this bar who went to Georgia Tech. Uh, so that's just been, the, <laughs> that's been my uh, point of pride here. <laughs> yeah, that rivalry is even all the way on the West Coast. That's awesome. And have you noticed that some of the topper, top uh, prospect guys, like a Jemai Jones, a uh, Brandon Marsh, are also Georgia uh, mm-hmm. natives, so Angels have kind of yeah, a strong yeah. we, Georgia. We have common ground. I, we, we've talked about that a lot. Um, yeah. And in fact, I think I saw when I was uh, my very first job, like my first real job out of college, was working at my local newspaper. And Marsh's, if I'm not mistaken, he went to Buford and he played mm-hmm. um, one of the teams that I was covering for my local paper in one of the state championships. Um, and so I would have seen him play then. So I've definitely mentioned that to him. And I think the same with Jones. Although I don't think I remember. I don't think I ever saw Jones when he was playing in high school. Now that I think about it. Yeah, we 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 talked to those guys quite a bit um, when they were down here in Single A, and those are great guys. And um, really excited to see them where they develop. But um, where 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 did your love of baseball come from? Or was it something that um, you know kind of came when you're getting when you're older? want to call middle school old mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, was, it wasn't something I would say I just didn't grow up watching it as a child but when I was in middle school and I um, I moved to Georgia when I was in sixth grade um, had no interest in sports whatsoever but in seventh grade my school gave out uh, Braves tickets like four Braves tickets for free to students who had straight A's so we got uh, like a, like the early 2015 season got tickets to a Braves and I think Diamondbacks game and um, we went and I just loved it and Still in 2005, that was 2005, so I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, the uh, Braves were all their all their games were televised. Like there were still some that were on radio only. So I mean, I would I kept like a, a Braves calendar and I would you know write down milestones in it. And I would and if the game was on TV, I'd turn on the radio and listen to it there, like just sitting in the corner of my room or doing homework and doing stuff like that. So 
that's kind of just when I became a fan, and uh, it just kind of spiraled out from there. What um, did you always want to be a writer, and then that kind of led you to like the baseball way, or like what kind of came first? You love watching baseball, or you wanted to be a writer? It was I always wanted to be a writer, and I loved baseball. And when I started college, the only options that I could think of for like a career were being an English teacher um, or being a journalist. Both very non-lucrative careers, <laughs> and uh, I, did, I figured I didn't have the patience for to, for to be a teacher, oh, yeah. so I went the journalism route. Yeah, I, I, my wife's a teacher, so I know all about that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, favorite ballpark, favorite MLB ballpark you visited on the job? Oh gosh, I love, I, I really love Minneapolis a lot. I think that ballpark is just like it's beautiful, it's a great setting. There's a lot of. Uh, um, entertaining aspects to it. Um, it's, it's a great facility for players. Um, so that one's really nice. I really think Angel Stadium and Kauffman Stadium have two of the best views, or like at least settings, landscaping, if you want to call it that. Um, the fountains in Kansas City are awesome, and then obviously the rocks and uh, and all the and all the stuff going on at Angel Stadium is very appealing to you. Um, yeah, I think those are my those are probably my top three. Although I, those are they probably change all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what about at, like the city? What MLB city where you enjoy maybe before a game walking around and kind of taking in different views? What what kind of city, what city is your favorite? I'm not gonna include Kansas City in this because I live there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm only, I'm only gonna go with cities that I would have visited instead. And so Minneapolis again is up there. It's a, it's such a convenient city. It's easy to get to the ballpark and walk around. There's lots to do, lots to eat, um, lots to see. Um, and definitely lots to drink there. Um, nice. Uh, Oakland itself isn't great, like mm-hmm. the stadium. But um, I've, every, each time I've gone, gone there so far, I've been in San Francisco and had a really good time. Um, I think I think those two probably. And although I mean, you can't really beat New York City and um, Boston. I, like I think it's between New York and Boston for number one, um, and then the other two are uh, Oakland, slash San Francisco, and Minneapolis. That's cool. Now, now baseball players are known for their superstitions. Do you have any superstitions, or what? Maybe if not, maybe what's the weirdest superstition you've seen a player do throughout your time covering baseball? Oh, that's kind of, um, you might stump me on this one. I don't know if I have any superstitions. Um, I probably do, but I really just can't think of any. I mean, when I was a kid, I'll tell you that, when I was a kid, like, watching baseball, um, if I were, for example, just, like, in my room watching a game and I had just so happened to stand up and something really good happened, I had to, like, be standing up this next time the batter came up or the pitcher was on the batter or something like that. <laughs> um, but... Now in life, I'm not sure that I have any. What about um, seeing some? Because I know um, baseball players are like we talked to Tyler Skaggs. He's like, oh, I don't really have any. But then he's like, but I always do this, this, and this before I start. So, have you yeah. have you seen any kind of weird ones throughout your time? Hmm. Well, okay. So I don't know. This is, I guess it's sort of a, it's sort of a superstition. Danny Duffy, the Royals pitcher, and he's from. California, uh, Lompoc, California. He uh, he he would his 
start days, he always wears a jersey. Like a, it's, it's not a, a baseball jersey. It's usually, um, it's usually basketball. Or like, um, he's a Fresno State guy, so he would wear Fresno State stuff. Um, so that was that was kind of his little superstition. I'm sure there are other ones, but that's the only one that really sticks out to me at the moment. Yeah, it, it, I know one of the ones that I didn't even really notice until my wife did when Houston Street was a pitcher for the Angels. He would always. Um, have a, a cup of Gatorade, you know, he's drinking the bullpen, and then when he makes his exit from the bullpen to the mound, he leaves the cup right where the gate opens every single time on the ground. And I never noticed that until my wife pointed it out. And then ever since then, that's the one thing I always look for when he goes from the bullpen to the mound. So they're kind of like all over the place if you, I guess, if you look hard enough. Um, and, you know, again, thank you for your time. So I, we'll, we'll let you go on this la- on this last one. Um I guess the social media sensation of the year so far with the Angels is the Hensel Robles entrance music and 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 video. Um, are you a wrestling fan? Were you aware where that I guess the music came from originally, or or did someone have to kind of tell you where that came from? Oh, I definitely don't know how to ask like where and how it developed. Um, no idea like where. It would have come from, and it was a—it was definitely like an Angels Entertainment production. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of ran ideas by Robles, and, and he and he just kind of went with it. Um, so he kind of went full bore with it now. So yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's kind of that's that's kind of how it developed. Angels wanted to do something cool, and uh, Robles was into it. And and if it, it's going to happen to anyone in that clubhouse, like that, that they can just be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And they're going to say, "Yes, it's going to be Robles." He's like the, um, he's like super. Very easygoing, and like he's just got this. Uh, he's just kind of. Um, he's you know he's just super easygoing, and he's got just this like swagger about him um, that nothing really can kind of get to him, and uh, not in like a cocky way at all. It's just like he it, it, he just kind of rolls, goes with the flow. Is he maybe like the jokester too? Seems like in in, in the clubhouse, or is that someone else? Like the quiet, because he's definitely the quiet jokester. I don't know if he's really like obviously like pranking people, but like um, I think his personality is probably one of the the best in there. Yeah, because there was a, a Fox Sports West did something with with Noe Ramirez, and they're talking to him, and then you see Hensel like kind of in the background, and you can't really tell if he notices the cameras there, but he keeps on kind of peeking and giving these little looks to kind of you know. See, show everyone that he's there, and you can see them kind of deal. But um, oh, he does that kind of stuff to me all the time. Like I'll be just standing in the clubhouse and walk behind me and like try to like trick me or like um, or if, if I'm talking to someone, he'll come behind them and kind of like wave and do some random stuff. So yeah, he's that's definitely him. <laughs> all right, Maria, I want to thank you again for your time, um, taking time yeah, out with no. All Angels podcast. Um, you want to go ahead and plug, you know, um, your Twitter, your Instagram, or anything else you have coming coming down. Yeah, so uh, please follow me on social media. My Twitter and Instagram are both exactly the same. It's Maria underscore Torres three. Um, I don't. I, sometimes I get in a groove where I don't really tweet a ton during a game, but I try to at least like, engage with fans. So feel free to like ask, ask me any questions. Um, I'll try to get to all of them or as as many of them as I can. Um, and we're getting publishing a story here today, just kind of looking at uh, where the Angels are and where where the Angels are in their season and what kind of things hold optimism for them. So kind of a lot of the things that we talked about here, just kind of in a lot more detail. So 
please give that a, sh- a, a check. You can find that at latimes.com slash angels, which is exactly where you can find anything angels related that we write. Awesome. Again, thank you very much and um, have a great year. You too. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking me on. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And we are back again. We want to thank Maria Torres for taking some time out to, to you know, call in and be on the show with Dan. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to to be on, you know, the interview, but it's great question. It's a good listen. And, uh, again, if you guys ever want to check it out again, all our shows will be archived, you know, on, on all our, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. So. Yeah, I want to thank Maria again for taking out time. She her her off days are exactly when the guys' off days are. So the fact that she uh, took uh, her day off to you know uh, let me call and and talk a little baseball was awesome. But again, uh, L.A. Times check out her stories. Very very well informed. So anything any kind of information you're looking for, they're gonna be in those stories. So definitely give a give a check to her on Twitter and on Instagram at Maria underscore Torres three. Awesome. So. As we always do about this time, it's a segment on our show that we always have, and it's a weekly poll question. Dan, take it away, man. Yeah, and, and kind of like what you heard in the interview with Maria Torres, I, I I asked her what she thought about the biggest surprise this year for the Angels. Um, and again, these are all on Twitter, so go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Biggest surprise this year, two options, obviously. Uh, Tommy LaStella, Brian Goodwin. So the funny part is, when I posted this on Monday, the majority came back, uh, Brian Goodwin, probably for that Monday, Tuesday, um, probably I think even into a little bit of Wednesday uh, was Brian Goodwin. But then LaStella had an, another home run on on Wednesday, and then it just seemed like I looked at it this morning and uh, everything flipped. Everything flipped. So now uh, Tommy LaStella is winning 61% to Brian Goodwin's 39%. So where did you vote? Oh, man. I didn't I, I didn't vote. It's a tough one. Um, win, win for us because both of them are doing really well. And but... both of them were extremely cheap. I mean, it, yeah. it's not one of them that was um, had a trade big value for or even uh, signed to a big deal. Goodwin was a waiver pickup again, very cheap. So that again is a big plus for the angels. Everybody wanted Tommy boom, boom, Lestella's head, like a week or two into the season. Right. All of a sudden he leads the team in home runs guys. He's ahead of trout by like three or four. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy too. Cause, um, he, he's only hit, I think they said something like 10, 10 home, home runs total rear. And then now he already has, um, 11. 11 so, Obviously, no one really saw this happening. Um, I thought he was just going to be kind of a every, you know, kind of filler in uh, pitch hit. Because that's where he made his name was was pitch hitting for the Cubs and stuff like that. But um, obviously, he can, given time, he could do a lot more than just pitch hit. Same thing with Brian Goodwin. He was a guy that we expected to be the fourth outfielder. He has a little bit of time. He's got at bats. And now he's showing what he can do at the plate. So defensively he's a liability i guess you can say the same for la stella liability defensively but i think you know on a team that was missing otani for the majority of the season up to now and a team that's missing up then you'll take the offense where you can get it yeah and and kind of like we were saying what's a win-win for for the for the angels i mean the, the angels traded the cubs um connor lewis luis white lewis white i mean and that's it to the Cubs for 
you know, for La Stella. And, and, you know, maybe that guy comes in and is a great minor leaguer and maybe does have a major league career right now. But for considering what they got, um, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge plush, um, that they picked up. But yeah, I, I'm kind of in that, 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 um, beginning swarm, I guess I voted for Goodwin early and then, um, he kind of hit a, a, a little tough streak for a couple games and then Lestella took off. So I can see how it depends on when you vote. If you voted early, you probably voted good one. If you voted late, you probably voted uh, Lestella. So that was really cool to kind of see the back and forth go. And then the complete flip, the complete flip was, was interesting also. Yeah. Quickly, how quickly the tables have turned. So <laughs> as John pulls up the emails on for this week, we have one again. We'll be li- we're live streaming right now on Instagram, Halo underscore Haven. One question comes up, and is uh, what do you guys think the Angels sh- should handle the trade deadline if we're about mid pack, five games back around? I'm guessing that's all I wrote around around that time. Um, I think right now it's, it's super early to. Um, yeah, you can't even. Yeah, can't even it, it's that. that's a really. It's not even close right now. I mean, and if you're only five games back at the trade deadline, you're not out of it. I mean, right now with the two trade, uh, two uh, wild card spots, I think it's more like if you're double digits out, maybe 15 yeah. games out, then you can probably say, okay, let's start moving pieces. But well, yeah, and you don't even know what's out there, so you can't even. I can. You can't even say like they should handle it this way because. Teams aren't right now. Team, you don't know what teams are going to be in or going to be out, and what their plans are as far as who they want to get rid of and and who's available. So maybe maybe a little bit towards the end of June, um, we'll know a little more where the Angels stand and where other teams stand, and then we'll we'll have a better idea. I think. Yeah, but again, I don't see them being really buyers. I see them more being um, again if if they're out of it, being sellers, and again that might be some pitching, some. You know, kind of like what our interview said with Maria Torres, like, you know, these Cahill and Harvey contracts are really beneficial to the Angels where if they're producing and the Angels are out of it, they're very easy contracts to flip and get something back from because they are one year deals. And then if they're not producing, then, OK, you let you ride out the one year and, and you say goodbye and and you just there's no there's no long term effect of it. So um, if there are going to be dealing, if they are going to be dealing around the deadline, that's some probably the way they would go. All right, so our first email to our email account, which is allangelspodcast at gmail.com, allangelspodcast at gmail.com, and it comes from Duncan Healy. Hello, guys. So where is a curator? Is he okay? I don't know if he's okay. I don't even think when he's around, he's okay, right? He's a, he's yeah, a, he's, a he's an a, oddball. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no uh, he's, he's all right. He's just busy. He's, uh, he's a man over there at Notre Dame High School, so. Uh, he's shaping the shaping uh, America's youth. Exactly. I like to say. He says anyway. So although we lost series to the Twins, how do you guys think the Angels fared? I thought they played well, and I'm actually surprised they took a W. The way the Twins have been playing, I was pleasantly surprised. What do you think about? Yeah, I, uh, I was the same way. I, I thought um, I thought the 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 Angels. Going into that series, I was hoping for them to get one. I, I, I was betting on them to at least get one. Um, the fact that all the games were close was a big, big part. All one-run games. All one-run games. All uh, the games were, you know, except for that first game, all had to come back. All mm-hmm. had to make some kind of a comeback. Um, I mean, I guess even that game where they won, they still had that late late game home run. But, um, you know, there's that top-tier teams that, that are your, your Astros, your Dodgers, your – um, what looks like the Cubs and the White Sox, or not White Sox, Red Sox right now, that are kind of that top tier um, in MLB. But that second tier, 
you know, a, a Minnesota, <clears throat> a um, teams like that. I now I'm kind of feeling confident that the Angels can kind of sneak into that second tier of teams. Obviously, they're not ready to compete with the the big boys. I guess is, is a way of putting it, but um, they can compete with the types that are like a Cleveland and a, a Minnesota, um, you know, a, a, a Tampa Bay. I think they're very. I think they're able to compete with those guys, and I think this series really showed it. Yeah, they played well. I liked everything. I liked their resiliency. Things that they need to clean up, obviously. But if we got into everything, we'd be here forever. So no, I thought I thought they did well. So I agree with Duncan Healy. Next one comes from Lamar Washington. He says, yo, what a debut by Walsh. Huh? I liked how he looked in spring training. Glad he could be called up and have a great debut. The plus side is that he's even an extra arm that they, that, that if they need him to be. I had just mentioned that before uh, we actually went. No, during the, the Torres, Maria Torres interview about how, you know, and even Maria mentioned it. If it's a blowout, he's there to pitch. If it's an extra inning game and we're down to maybe one guy in the pen and we're on the road and that one guy in the pen is Robles and you want to keep him just in case we need a save, then you go to Walsh instead of using a starter. Maybe you're, you know, you're pushing back a guy or, or something like that. So um, I like what I agree with Lamar. I like what he did in spring training. Walsh was one of those guys along with, uh, I believe his name was Lund. that kind of pleasantly surprised me in spring training. That was those guys where you said, Hey, you know, I didn't hear much about this guy, but Hey, I kind of like him. And that, to me, shows us how far down in the pecking order guys like uh, Ward, guys like um, Thias actually are to being called up in the major leagues and something that Maria touched on herself on the interview. Yeah, again, he can pitch. Everyone knows that. But, again, if it's some kind of a high lever situation, if it's a 2-3 run game, um, unless it's, you know, the 15th, 16th inning, you probably won't see it. It's going to be – all first base for him, and then like the fifth emergency um, outfielder. I mean, you have Calhoun, you have Trout, you have Goodwin, you have Fletcher, and then that's probably where you'll see um, Walsh at the end of that. But um, again, a great debut, uh, three hits in his debut. Um, now let's see if he carries that over to uh, the Big A this this next homestand. Awesome. The next email comes from Edward Vizcaino. He said, "Okay, so I know we've all kind of been talking about him, but." Man, the Stella. I guess we know who he voted for. How can you keep this guy out of the lineup? So far, so good on his end. Yeah, I mean, damn. Yeah, exactly. La Stella, uh, Fletcher, and I forgot. There's a guy named Cozart that's just kind of chilling on the bench. That I honestly mm. totally forgot that he wasn't on the IL. I, I, there was a period of time this week where I'm thinking to myself, man, I wonder when Cozart's coming back from the IL. And then I realized, oh yeah, he is. But yeah, these two guys, Fletcher and 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 Lestella are just so um so hot and, and are producing it so makes no sense it, to take yeah, them out. They, they can't and then even even more so than that, I thought was kinda odd and we said about it earlier on the podcast about um Cole Calhoun um being, you know, going away for a little bit for the birth of his child and then bringing uh, Rafingo up, but instead of him being the bench player and giving Cozart some reps then no, they played Luis the whole time he the whole yeah. time he was here. So yeah. again, I don't know if that's something lingering with Cozart or if they're just kind of settled they, with him being a backup, you know, utility guy. I mean, you got to produce at this level, you know. And yeah, especially when there's two guys ahead of you that are that are, yeah, exactly. Last email comes from Lauren Cotton and she said there is there a reason that you guys know of and why Harvey has been pulled from games kind of quickly? I've noticed in the last two or three starts where where the heck 
Or the last year, three stars. Then she says, where the heck is a curator? Well, yeah, again, curator, shaping the youth of America. Uh-huh. Um, the one that was really, and we were talking about it, the one that was really kind of questionable, I guess, on our end was the... Um, Start in Mexico. Start in Mexico, where, yeah, the bases were loaded. Two yeah, outs. Two outs. And, and for, uh, the fact that... six pitches. Yeah, it was in the mid, mid to high 50s, and to get pulled out that quickly was kind of odd. Um, you know, but this last outing he had on the 11th, out in Baltimore, pitching four innings, um, had 93 pitches in those four innings. That's so a that's a lot of pitches in a short amount of time. So I can see how that got how he got pulled out early then because of his pitch count. Um, 93 pitches, you know, again, kind of when we were saying with with Canning when and when he went 101 and only went four and two thirds. Um, you like seeing that pitch count, but you like to see it when it's um, you know the sixth, seventh inning. So that's probably why uh, Harvey got pulled out. Early in that game, we'll see what's coming up. He is going to pitch in the next. I think he's pitching tomorrow. Or I got to look at the probables, but I know he's pitching against Kansas City this coming series. So we'll see how he bounces back from uh, the last outing in, in in Baltimore. Yeah. So that's it for the emails. Again, guys, if you guys want to email, you have any questions, comments, or concerns for this show, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail dot com. Allangelspodcast at gmail dot com. And how many years do you think the Astros have being the favorites in the AL West? They still got at least three or four years before. No, this is gonna be this before they hit that free agency market with uh, everybody. They might lose Cole. Um, well, Cole, yeah, the pitching, the pitching. Cole, sooner or later, the pitching's gonna go before Ver, the position, guys. Yeah, Verlander's not gonna. Be, I mean, unless he's gonna be the Tom Brady of baseball. Uh, I hardly doubt that yeah, though. And um, I mean, you have you have Altuve already signed up. It's gonna be a while just because I don't think they're gonna be able to uh, hold on to Correa. They won't. Altuve, no. Bregman. But they're they're all but guys. They're all guys who are still under right, that. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna contract. Be, I, three years at least. Yeah. I, Two three I mean, years. I can see in that third year maybe not being hands down the favorites. No. But um, definitely like maybe above the favorites. Right. You know, and like you mentioned, yeah. the pitching's gonna go first because Garrett Cole's a free agent. He'll be an angel. Uh, now Garrett yeah, Cole, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. No, Garrett Cole leave. Verlander's getting older, so the pitching. Keiko's already gone, and he's not that great. People, because if he was, he'd be signed already. <laughs> um, so you know, the pitching, the pitching side, which is important, is gonna go. But they have Correa, Altuve, Bregman. Um, these guys are locked up and they're still under their first year con their first contract. Yeah, they're, you know? they're, so they're, they're arbitration eligible after three years and they're under contract for seven or something like that. So um, same deal that Otani's on. Right. Yeah. yeah except uh, Bregman got a little bit of a a good will a good yeah, uh, yeah, a, a bump bump. Yeah, yeah. So he's making some good money. But yeah, that, I mean that's a good question because that is kind of where the Astros are right now. Um, they're they're head and shoulders above everyone else in the West. Um, I think a little by little. As the years go, they'll come a little bit more down to earth. But I still think, yeah, like you said, maybe three years out before you start really thinking about people. Um, the Angels are coming. I mean, uh, um, you know, we'll have to see what the moves that Texas made rebuilding their farm system. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really interesting. But, yeah, I, I say, like, like you said, maybe like two or three years before um, they are seriously, um, you know, in contention for, you know, second or third place in the West. Cool. All right. So I got nothing on my end. Um, Again, 
one more thing too. Uh, we talked about it last week, and that, now that we have our Instagram people here, um, the Saturday, the was it May twenty fifth, the Saturday before, um, was it Memorial, Memorial Day? We will be at Inland Empire sixty sixers with the rally bus. Come out, check us out. Um, Mike Trout bobblehead giveaway day. Um, they'll have they'll be rebranded as a California burritos. Um, great food, great opportunity to get out there and see a game if you're not going to be at Angel Stadium. Uh, but come out, see the rally bus, see us. Uh, we'll be posting about it all over social media and stuff like that. So, again, the, the Saturday before Memorial Day, come out to the Inland Empire 66ers, look it up, cheap tickets, great family value, and then and, um, and come out and see the rally bus. Um, other than that, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Halo underscore Haven on both Instagram and on Twitter. Um you know, we'll be around the ballpark this this uh, homestand. I know I'm going to a couple games. We're going to a game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's why we had to kind of rush up the <laughs> the podcast today. But yeah. again, we'll check us out. We'll be posting when we're at around the ballpark. But other than that, I think we are pretty much good. Yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, catch us next week. We'll give you guys an update on what day we're actually gonna be recording. So. Halo underscore Haven to get all those details. All right. I am Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.